Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Let's Boogie 101 show right here on Red Station Radio, WJON. We are back. We are back, family. We are back for another episode, and we're going to have some fun tonight. We have some special guests coming in. And you know what? It's been two weeks. I think it's been about two weeks, right? A few weeks? Yeah. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. I got some things to tell y'all. I got some things to tell y'all. I've been through some Uh-oh. things. Yeah, man, and I know y'all have as well. But it's good to see both of you, my co-host, Dalia. What's going on, Dalia? What's going on with you? Child, school. <laughs> you know, why did I decide to go back to school and get another degree? I don't know. But it is crazy. I'm obsessing about my classes. Wow. Wow. You're going to make it through. Other than make that, it through just traveling. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do it. Um, just okay. traveling with my artists and making sure they're taken care of and having a good time at it. Going to conventions and conferences. and. Yeah, I see that. I've been watching oh, yeah. you on social media. I see you moving. Your bags stay <laughs> packed. I see that. It does. I'm actually leaving again on Thursday morning. I'll be at a conference for two days. I come back on Saturday. And then next week, I'll be in Atlanta at a conference. And then a week after that, I'll be in Los Angeles. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Doing your thing. Yeah. That's great. Tattletail, what's going on, my brother? What's up with you, man? Uh, man. Whew. Back at the doctor yesterday. Uh, had to do some. Had to do some blood work. You know, um, what they could, what they concerned about now, they want to make sure that my, my testosterone level is, is coming back to normal, you know, cause you know, I got this, I got this gorgeous woman in my life and I'm like, ah, 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 ah. Yeah. and she been in that for three years. So she ain't going nowhere. So I said, I said, doc, you got to hook me up. You got to hook me up. Doc, got to hook me up. Did you get some breaths? Did I get some breaths? <laughs> Breast, breast. You know they gotta bring up your testosterone level. That means your estrogen level is like you know. You better, you better have some energy, nah, brother. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get some energy. I gotta get some energy. I gotta get some energy. And then you know, yeah, going through all that, you know, um, with the prostate cancer and all like that. Oh man, they put the boogaloo on you. Shoot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I got a man. I got a man. Let me just tell y'all briefly, as you know, um, last week, I um, I, think I spent about three, four days in the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, just to bring you up to speed, man, it was, uh, brother, I don't know how you do it, man. I, I was going crazy in there, man. I was going crazy in that hospital. That is not for me, man. And I, I, <laughs> man, I have sympathy on anybody that has to be in the hospital. Because for one thing, you're not going to get no rest. That's That's for sure. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna sleep in there. Then you know what had happened. I um, I took some medication. I took some medication. I'm a diabetic, right? I took some medication, and and I, trust me, it was dumb, but it wasn't my medication. What had happened was that there's a, <laughs> there's a certain medication that I take. It's the same <laughs> as my wife's, right? So me being my bright idea, it's the same medication, but different, different milligrams. Yeah, different mm-hmm. doses. It's a high dose. So with my smart brainiac self, I'm saying, you know what? Let me just take a few of these. I'm gonna take it for about a week until my until I get my prescription filled. I took that thing for about a week and not realizing that it was lowering my blood sugar. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm leveling off and I'm good and I'm doing the same thing I normally do because I've had this about 15 years, never had a problem. My blood work has always been good, it always maintained its control. And uh man, I took that medication. My my blood sugar dropped to a 20. 
29. Wow. So a 29, wow. y'all. So a 29. Now, to be very honest with you, I don't really do the prick of the fingers and all that kind of stuff. I don't mm -hmm. really do that. My wife took my, my, my uh, she tested my, my blood. It was 29. I said, well, what's going on? I don't really know. You know, I'm so I laid down and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just take it easy for a moment. And for about maybe three or four hours, I kind of rested. So later on that day, I felt better. I felt better. I'm thinking everything is okay. So I turn around and I get dressed. I said, I'm gonna go out. I gotta go over to the store, whatever I have to do. And I get out and I get in the car. About a half hour later, the lights was blaring. I, it was it was dark. It was nighttime, out. and yeah, I almost did. I almost blacked out, right? But I was determined, and I, you know what I did? I started praying immediately. I was like, "Look, man, I don't feel good. I don't feel right." I went into a store. I stumbled into a store, and I got something to drink, and that didn't really do anything. But the area where I was in, I'm very familiar with it. I knew where the hospital was at, right? I knew where the hospital was at. And I just pray, I see man, just get me to the hospital. But I'm by myself. So I get on the phone, I get a friend on the phone, mm. and they talking me through to get to this hospital. Thank God I got to the hospital. By the time I got to the hospital, the blood sugar was up to 39. And when they saw that, they took me right in. Oh, yeah. Right in. You took were about right to go in. into a diabetic coma. Man, uh, <clears throat> thank you. That's all I got to say is thank you. And I... Uh, mm. I stayed there. And they, 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 what is the lesson learned? Oh, here? you already know. You already know. I mean, ah, I already know. I already that was, that was okay. crazy. You know, and I know better than that. Um, mm -hmm. But what it was is that the mix of, of the mixture of what I took from her, it was more than I needed because I already mm -hmm. had something that was taking care of the same thing that that was taking care of. That was stronger than what I normally take right. that I took down, and I had no idea. Never again. So I tell anybody, do not touch anything that does not belong to you. Mom's told you that a long time ago, man. And yep. I <laughs> don't belong to me. You know? So I learned my lesson. But, you know, here again, though, I also got some real good education. Mm -hmm. um, some, some things on diabetes. They bring in they bring in some uh, some counselors and they have groups and things that I wasn't really paying attention to because my blood work has always been good. And um endocrinologist. I don't really go to one, but now I have one. I got an appointment tomorrow morning. No, I don't do that because I was good. I didn't. I thought I was, and, and I was. I was until this happened. But you know what? Knowledge is power. I'm going tomorrow morning. I have my yep. first appointment with her because I need a specialist. I want to get off this medication, period. That's what mm -hmm. I want to do. I want to get off, period. So if she could help me do that, that's my goal. <laughs> that's, that's well, my I'm going to share something with you, Les, because yeah. I am also a diabetic. Okay. And I don't play around with anybody's medication at all because you don't know what the reactions will be. So mm -hmm. remember, I went on this sugar detox in August, right? Mm -hmm. I went on it, no processed sugar whatsoever. I had my appointment with my endocrinologist that I see every three months. You see, I'm telling you. And my sugar, it was 6.5. It's now 6.2, which means that I, I've always been... Um, when I first was diagnosed, I was I was almost at seven, which is full blown diabetes. Mm. But I got it down to six point five with medication, and then it stayed there for years. But I've had hypoglycemia, and if anybody knows that hypoglycemia, which is what you had, Les, yeah, it drops your blood point. sugar level very mm. low. So I have that more than I have high blood sugar, but it's mm. still diabetes. Um, and so now stopping 
all processed sugars in my foods, the breads that you eat, the, if it's in pasta, I'm not touching it. Is it if all of that? So all of that is gone. The only sugar I get now is from fruits and maybe nuts or legumes, because you know certain ones really does turn into sugar in your body. So when I went in, it's been two months now. And I, I said, I knew I lost weight because I could tell from the way my clothes fit, but I did not expect my blood sugar to drop that quickly to 6.2. So mm-hmm. that meant as long as I keep doing what I'm doing by December, they're going to start weaning me off of it. You can't just change it. Right. You can't just get off of it because, you know, you become experienced at it and you think you can you're Dr. D or Dr. Less and we're not. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But you have to let them regulate that blood sugar because it is a disease and it yeah. is a it is worse or if not as well, okay, let's put it this way. It can be as bad as cancer. It is a type of blood cancer that we we can actually regulate ourselves properly because you don't want to do that to yourself. You've already set yourself up that one time where you could have gone into a diabetic coma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I realize that too. You know, my A1C is 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 five point eight. Always it's been around, and so that's good. And I want to keep it there. But listen, we're gonna we're we're gonna do this. We're gonna we're gonna bring the volume up a little bit. We're gonna bring the volume up a little bit. We have special guests in the house. They have a a really big event coming up, and I don't want to keep them waiting any longer. So we're gonna bring in Mr. David Shepard, Miss Debbie B. And I know I'm gonna hear from them too. But go ahead. How y'all doing, man? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? It's the man. <laughs> How you wow. How's that? How y'all doing? Doing good, man. I'm, I'm a little under the weather. Oh, okay. Uh, I had a tooth pulled and I have a little infection, so I'm not going to do much talking. Okay. Let my. Well, Debbie family. B's in the house. This is what yeah. she does. She's a vet. So mm-hmm. I know she's going to fill us on and everything. Look, they have a. Um, oh, first things Look. first. This is Diamondette. You haven't met Dalia before? You said? Y'all know each other? Know. Okay, yeah, good. Dave, Mr. David Shepard, Mr. Debbie Book, Debbie B, and Dalia Manette Tattletale, man. Yeah. And um, yep. how you doing? Thing you want to do, thank you guys for letting us come on. Oh, man, it's a pleasure, man. Yeah. Anytime. We told you that before. I've known him for a long time. The young lady, I, I feel what she's going through. She's going to school. That's a great thing to do. It's never she performed good. on your stage at Jimmy's Uptown. Yep. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She performed at Jimmy's wow. Uptown. Yes, she did. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. You lost. You you just lost a tooth, so that's saying about your age. So <laughs> don't worry about it. Seventy-one. <laughs> and unfortunately, no diabetes, high blood pressure. That's that's a good thing. I, I did have a bout with the prostate thing, but that I'm zero zero zero. That's good. That's good. Diabetes runs in my family, and it's all about diet. Yep. Diet is the whole thing. Mm-hmm. We're not taking anybody else's medication. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to get you later on that. He was so much in love, he decided to take his wife's medication. Yeah, that's something. Be obedient to the wife. Debbie B, how you doing? What's going on? I'm doing really, really well. I want, again, as Dave said, want to thank you so much for having us on. My uh, what we have coming up in November, on November 9th, uh, we're doing a fundraiser for the Youth Development Foundation. 
the Youth Development Foundation started back in 1971 with Hal Jackson, my my, my deceased husband. And um, it was Hal Jackson's Talented Teens. And some of the people who've come through Hal Jackson's Talented Teens are, okay, here we go. Jada Pinkett-Smith, Raji P. Henson, uh, Allison Williams, Melissa Morgan, C.C. Penniston, uh, Ellen King, uh, and those are the those are the performers. Uh, right. In New York, we have Supreme Court uh, Justice Tanya Kennedy, uh, Ambassador Susan Johnson Cook. Mm. Uh, I mean, it just the list just goes on and on. I, I am I am dumbfounded every time somebody else comes up and says, "Oh, do you know I was a talented team." But anyhow. Wow. Uh, uh, we stopped having the competition in 2010, and uh, ever since then, we've still been awarding scholarships. And uh, so the coffers are low, and we need to um, fill them up. And so we're doing this fundraiser in New Jersey at Bergen Pack. And on the bill, who do we have? <laughs> Howard okay. Well, do this. While you talk, we can do this. We just enlisted uh, Melissa Morgan, Grammy-winning Jeff Red, and a local group called the uh, Bells 2.0. And okay. Dr. Bobbley and I are going to be hosting, and Dave is going to be the MC. So oh, okay. Of <laughs> okay. And a surprise guest that she doesn't know about. Uh-oh. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this is November 9th at Bergen Peck. Nice theater. Yeah. Nice thing. Well, That's my calendar it. right now. Yes, and the, the tickets are from forty-five to eighty-five. So okay, you know, we're not trying to 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 you know kill people with the price. Right. And uh, it's going to be a fun evening. It's going to be a lot of music and entertainment. Okay, so how do people get their tickets? How do they get the tickets? Uh, they can get them at bergenpack dot org, and then mm-hmm. go to the events area and look for. The Soulful R and B November 9th and click and and get the tickets. Wow, VIP tickets that you have to get from us, right? Ah. Those, ah. Because we're having a VIP <laughs> reception prior to, uh, and those tickets are one hundred and twenty-five dollars, and that would have to come directly from us, and that would be for you know prime seating as well as a VIP reception. And if you okay. write it, you can write it all completely. And that what time good. does everything start? Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Okay, and this is uh, that's um, that's a Thursday evening. Okay, Thursday. Okay, Thursday evening. Fundraiser. So now let me let me remove this. So now with the with this youth foundation, you said you give out scholarships, and this is for for college. For college. Yes, we give it okay. to young ladies uh, who have entered. What we do is we 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 get the the high school um, seniors getting mm-hmm. ready to go into college. They apply for the scholarship, and once they make it into college, after their first semester, they they um, send us their transcript, mm-hmm. and as long as they have a 3.0 or better, we send them a thousand dollars. Okay. And we've been okay. doing that since 2010. Prior to that, you know, we had the competition, which was a talent competition, and since there is no talent involved in this, we're going now with academics. With academics, the good thing. Good and I'm a 4.0. I'm maintaining a 4.0. I'm, I'm, listen, I, you know, I, I, think you're, yeah, I, I think you're about 20. It's teens. <laughs> wow. $1,000 is $1,000. That's school books. 
<laughs> real good. But listen, let me ask you this: um, with the competition itself, are you thinking about ever bringing that back? People are always asking me that. I've had directors, you know, call me and say, "Oh, we need to do it. It was so wonderful." The only thing is, is that it's a lot of money. Right. I mean, Monsters. the the Monsters. last the last year that we did it was in 2010. And at that point, Hal has said, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm just putting all of this money in. And mm. each year it was between a hundred and two hundred thousand dollars that we were putting into it. We had no sponsors. So wow. that year in 2010, mm. um, uh, I told him, I said, no, we have to do it. It's our 40th year. We can't stop now. And I yeah. took a hundred thousand dollars out of my retirement and I did it. Wow. And the thing mm. that's so ironic about this competition, I mean, this concert is that the first year that I became involved with um, Hal Jackson's Talented Teens was in 1981. Okay. And the last competition was in 2010. In 1981, Shalimar was on the bill. Wow. And in 2010, the Ladies of Sky were on the bill. So it's like full circle for me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. And, and that's then, all family. All of them are family. All right. And then Melissa is a former talented teen. So that's right. She, yeah. She's told me about, yeah, absolutely. Allison as well. Allison is uh Williams, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. that's uh, Allison, yeah, that's her people. That's, yep. that's she that's manages it. Allison Williams, yes, yes, absolutely. oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in fact, I was just talking to her, uh, <laughs> school mom right here, the school mom. Wow, <laughs> they're just jealous that I'm getting a PhD. That's <laughs> You I'm not gonna brag. I'm not gonna talk about the two masters I already have. Yeah. Oh, oh. Us. oh. we can't show you the degrees in the world. Do your thing. Do your thing. That's good. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, Dalia, tell them also about the other gentleman that you have and, and what you're doing in terms of entertainment. So, you know, you can oh, fill them in on everything. Okay. We're all the same. See, David, I, I see all of his Facebook posts. So I see them. Mm-hmm. But I got Nathan Mitchell. He is on Smooth Jazz. He has been number one. He has gotten a Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award. He just received his honorary doctorate in music. Um, again, you know, I already manage um, Allison Williams, but Allison Williams has just received an, an Emmy for uh, right. the song that she's done. Yeah. And I have Ryan Lavalette, who is out of Auckland, New Zealand. He has been on the Smooth Jazz charts non-stop every single single from his every single single that's crazy every single <laughs> that he has released has been num number one so he has hit the record for the most number ones in smooth jazz wow. so it has been great and then of course my big brother he's received a presidential lifetime achievement award um and that's Najee and um it has just been a whirlwind this year has made up for COVID three times over Wow. where we were just, you know, the, the music industry just crashed and burned doing, for three years. I know. And the recovery of it is really just beginning this year. So we're excited about what's coming up. Everybody is working and doing a great and fabulous job out there with their passion. So. And Najee and, and Allison Williams have been on the road together. Absolutely. And they're going to be at Sony November oh. 17th. Sony oh. Theater in New York City. Oh, okay. Real nice. <laughs> now, now, no doubt. Now we network up we together. That's what we do. But, but you know what, well, Debbie? I want to ask you a question. You know, you're a radio vet. Um, what is the state of the radio to you today? Because I was, Ooh. I wanted to ask you that before 
what's what's what 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 are you feeling about all what you see and hear now today? Um, radio has changed tremendously. I know when when we were doing the Sunday classics, we could play just about anything that we wanted to, and right. um, we didn't have somebody over our shoulder. At this point, it's not, I mean, looking at BLS, oh my God. At this point, the radio station doesn't really exist. Mm -hmm. Everybody is doing their shows from their home since COVID. Right. And um, I was told I I haven't been to the to the um, to the studio, but I was told that the studio is like a closet. Really? Yeah, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not good. It's not good. You would never know it, but also the music has changed. I mean. um, well, BLS is kind of the same uh, in the format uh, mm. that it has been for years. But I mean, I've seen such a marked difference. Even myself, I listen to satellite radio as opposed to, um, you know, terrestrial radio now. Right. I just I just don't want to hear all of those commercials. <laughs> right. right. Sirius XM makes a lot of money off of me. <laughs> sure, they do off of me, too. <laughs> I think I think the personalities on the radio. I mean, from when we were coming up, it, it's it's not even personal anymore. It it's, isn't. I used to look at them as being like, kind of like stars. You know, today I don't it's see them the same way. I mean, I really don't, you know, yeah, you know, it's like way. Walker and uh, yeah, and Vaughn Harper. You know, I mean, yeah. you don't you don't have the personality of radio. They yeah. come in, they say. Yeah. You things they may give you a little bit of, of history or uh, some kind of information on uh, what was played, but it, it's not like how it was, not at all. Right, 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 right. What do you think about Sirius Radio, their format, and how they do things? Uh, well, you know, they've broken it down as long as they have, you know, the groove and Soul Town, and <laughs> I'm good. Oh, and and um, uh, 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 watercolors, watercolors, watercolors. Thank you. Vaughn Harper was the one who told me about watercolors. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I was with him riding around. Where'd you find that station? Vaughn Harper, man. All the musicians for 101.9 when they had the smooth jazz radio. Ooh, that's correct. This is what everybody gravitates to. And that's unfortunately, right. it is formulaic in that they will only choose so many artists to be played. And you hear the same songs over and over. Yeah, and you have to woo the representatives of those of Sirius XM, and and that's a matter of building relationships, and because it's they take you on as a client to play your music, and oh, that is how you get your music played. Is you have to have this rapport with the different representatives of the different stations. Mm. They take you on as a client. You know what that means, and that's how you get your music on. Wow. But those representatives are the ones that chicken uh, pick and choose who's going to get on the radio. So you know the top people, no matter if it's if it's um, Groove Town or Soul Town or Heart and Soul. What is the other one? Heart and Soul. Oh, Heart so and Soul. And and watercolors. It doesn't matter. It is the connection. It is the money, mm-hmm. and. It's like, for me, it's all the stories that I've heard from back in the 50s and 60s where they had to pay off the DJs to play the music. (laughs) They're not paying off the DJs this time, but they're paying off the representatives of the stations. Wow. So we're in a a bad place right now. I mean, because, you know, new artists trying to get music played. We always talk about that. That's... 
I mean, you got to pay an arm and a leg just to get a song played. You know, you're, you're yeah. spending over a hundred grand. These guys that are radio pluggers, they're running around asking for a hundred grand. In, you know, here in New York, and mm-hmm. that's like virtually impossible for anybody that's trying to get started to have. It's, it's not going to mm-hmm. happen. So my thing is, we have to get as many uh, digital stations as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. And see, the problem with that is also you have to organize these digital stations that we kind of come together on a, on a, on the same vibe that we can now kind of not break them, but help to break at least give exposure. To some new artists. Right. That's the reason why I started Press uh, Nation Radio is to give exposure to artists that cannot afford that type of money, and to give new artists and independent artists who don't have that big machine behind them. You know, because yeah. if you have the big machine, like for instance, this young man that sounds like Marvin Gaye, he comes out of nowhere, but he's got Snoop mm-hmm. behind him. Mm-hmm. So now he's opening. He, he's he's with Babyface on Madison Square Garden. Right. He just came out. How right. often is that going to happen for you? See if you don't, you know, it's, it's crazy. It just and then, Dave. Now, Dave, look, you're you're a promoter. The state of promotions and promoting has definitely changed. Has definitely changed. Right. I mean, it's it's. We're gonna have a whole show about promoters. We're gonna bring everybody on. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go through it. It's it's ridiculous. Give me a little opinion on that, Dave. What do you think is going on? Well, you know, since. Over the years, and including the pandemic, has made it extremely difficult uh, for us to uh, get people in the building unless you have a really strong following. Now, here's the thing. The the venues want a whole lot of money. Uh, The artists want what they want, but they don't understand that we are not just paying them. We have a whole... Sometimes they're in our pockets when we when we do what we do. My thing is, if my ticket sales are not good, I would I give out free tickets. So mm-hmm. if I'm doing bad, I don't have to look like I'm doing bad. Right. But then right. artists, right. not all artists, they may see that and say, well, Dave, you said you paid me this, and, and I see all these people in here, but you don't understand. You're in my pocket, but you don't know what's going on in my pocket. It's a challenge. That's why I only do one party a year which is my birthday party. You know about that. Right. I used to do New Year's Eve. Um, and I'm doing shows. I'm helping Deb with her events. We had a good thing going with B.B. King until they folded up. Yeah, and then they closed we, up. We had a good thing going with them. You know, with the pricing and this, you know, the, um, uh, the venue itself looking as good as it did and all the functions that are involved, we had a really good deal with them. We gave two sold-out shows. But mm-hmm. then they, they fell off. You know, mm-hmm. Times Square was too much for them to handle. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was talking to a friend yesterday, um, and um, they do the A-list artists. And they were telling me, which I've heard before, Who? the artist is getting 85. It's, it's, a, it's a gentleman named Dan that I know. And he's involved in all of the Mary J. Blige stuff and, and, and Usher and all these different people. They're getting 85% of 100%. The, the, the actual the arts is getting and the promoters getting 15% when they do these big concerts. Say this is Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige are taking over 85%. Promoters doing 15. The only way a promoter can make some money is naturally if you're doing 30 dates. So if you're if you're grossing six million dollars and you're doing 30 dates, of course you're gonna make some money. But now when you're talking about promoters at a different level, 
it's, it's Stop rubbing your feet. I think we also have to distinguish um, between the genres because I can tell you right now, in the smooth jazz genre, that's not happening. Yeah. Or that that really is not happening at all. In fact, the smooth jazz it is the genre that does not make as much money as country, as R and B, as hip hop. And the thing is, it's a whole different formula for these artists because mm-hmm. in these contracts with these artists, they are paying for their own flights. And you know that wow. could be expensive. Really? Yes. If wow. you have a band, you're paying for your band to get there as well. That cuts into your money right there. Um, mm. If the promoter decides that he does not want to do the hotels, then you got to pick up the artist has to pick up the hotels themselves. And then if the artist is not business minded and they need people like me to either do the logistics or, you know, handle the contracts, I'm going to get paid because that's what I'm doing for you. Right. And so all of this money is being taken out from these artists in smooth jazz. And so their take home can be 25 to 30% of what they actually have signed on for. I've signed on for, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's- well, I know about that. Um, back in 2019, uh, I had put, the sh- put together a show with my uh, buddy uh, Omar uh, mm-hmm. from Oliver Productions. Uh, his name was Julian Washington back in the day. But anyway, we had a show with Johnny Gill, Karen White, and another brother named Jesse James. And they were supposed to perform at the Carb Energy Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, the date was June 6, 2020. The pandemic killed that show. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do it. So then we tried to do it in 2021. Still couldn't do that show. Concerts, which I think is genius, number one. And two, it makes Live Nation, who was a monopoly, yeah, lose a lot of money, which I'm always for. <laughs> but that, but then artists also have to realize that the money that you're getting working with Black Promoters Collective is extraordinary. But that's not going to happen everywhere else. So you either are going to stick with them, or you're going to have to understand that there has to be a tier with the promoters that you work with. Let me let me let me bring this to your attention. When it comes to um, Live Nation having that monopoly, there's a big difference, of course, between Live Nation and an independent promoter. Now, with Live Nation, the advantage that they have, number one, they are in control of the venues that we're trying to rent. And so Ticketmaster. Huh? And Ticketmaster. Yeah, they control both of those things. So think about this. When I go to rent, say, Westbury out here in, in Long Island, I'm paying the fee for the rental. I'm paying a fee towards every ticket I sell. Mm -hmm. I'm paying the artists 50%. And before the show is even done or even coming close to, I have to pay the other 50%. So now you're talking about full rental. (laughs) You're talking about ticket money. If I sell out, that could be another 30,000 on top of the rental. You're talking about, you're talking about um, paying the artists, of course. Now, Live Nation doesn't have to pay the artist but 10%. What? They'll take 10%. That's right. They give them 10%. Mm-hmm. We have to give them 50%. That's Live Nation mean. also owns the venues. So what does that tell you? They don't have to pay for the rent. Mm-hmm. Monopoly. Mm-hmm. So when they see, when 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 a Westbury or one of these venues see a guy like me come along, oh, they, they jump up for joy because they're going to tax me every way they can. Yeah. And this is what we're up against. And that's why Live Nation, if we don't kind of 
get our own venues, we're going to keep getting getting played because that's how they're winning. They're paying less. And then the artists know for a fact that Live Nation is, is the people to sign with. So they're going to go to Live Nation before they come to us because they don't know us. And like you said, relationships, I can't say that Live Nation, they do a lot of good shows. And they don't even... They don't even make money all the time, but the fact is they're consistent and they know that they can put them on tour, they can fund the tour and all that kind of stuff. With mm -hmm. us, we might we do a one-off, they're gonna want all our money up front. And yeah. that's what we're up against right now. And that's that's terrible, man. Mm. So what does the brother do? You gotta go, go with the, the people market. you know. You go gotta go with the, the people you know. You can't jump up there unless you got a, a real a real big bag. Exactly. And understand what's going on. I'm trying to go to another level, but you know, I'm, I also got to be realistic. You have to go into the markets where Live Nation will not go, and you have to build relationships with those communities. Those things are there. The communities that really would like to bring in those concerts, you just have to really do the research. If you got to go out of the country, then go out of the country. There is places around this world that would love to be able to hold concerts and festivals because it infuses the economy. You just have to do the research to do it. And you have to get good investors who believe in what you're trying to do and understand sponsors. that the first investors, sponsors, however you want to put it, and, and that they understand that your first concert is not going to be you make a ton of money. This is a, and that, that money has to be reinvested in your building and building. So like any business, you don't turn a profit for the first five years. And that's what people have to understand. They think that because you're in the entertainment industry, you got money. You are very rich. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way because everybody has to get paid off of it. You got to pay. It's a very risky business as well. It's very exactly. risky. And Dave, yeah. you said it. You can put 3,000 people in a place and people come in. And you know how we do. We bean count. Oh, man, he got his, mm -hmm. his, his party's full. Yeah. Oh, he, he got paid. But they don't know what's really happening because you have to pay. And, th and this is this is where I have a problem. And y'all jump in there. I have a problem with artists telling me that, well, you know, my price is uh, not the same as it was. You know, J Fat Joe started that, you know, uh, uh the same yesterday's prices. Now, okay, I'm cool with that. Everybody deserves a raise. I'm cool with that. You work for somebody, you deserve a raise. You work hard, you get your money, you deserve a raise. But you're trying to triple and, and, and double this, you know, come on, this, this is ridiculous. Then you're giving me the same show that you've been giving me for the last 30 years. I have a problem with that. Bring me something new. I'm no, hit. no hits in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Exactly. <laughs> I'm to pay you. Go ahead, Dave. I hear you now. Go ahead. I said no hits in the last, no new music in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. And they want to whole triple their money. That's right. Double or triple. How fair is that? I'm not Did slamming all artists, but some of them do that. Yeah. yeah You're right. Was, well, huh, I don't even want to mention those names, but we already no, know. I mean, <laughs> you are absolutely right. Uh, and both of you all make valid points, and I agree. You got to keep making new music. You got to keep making yourself relevant to the music scene. And nobody wants to see the same old show every single year. So, and you, so you have to be willing to change it up. But in terms of the artists asking for more, um, yes, there are some who are unrealistic and I put down the phone and laughed because of what the feed is they were asking for. And there are some artists, because they've been touring extensively, they've been changing their, their shows. They've been doing all of those things. 
okay. that they need to do to stay in the eye of the promoters and the and the fans, they have to have an increase. And you have to think about it. If you and I go to work tomorrow morning and your boss says, listen, I got to cut. I got to cut your salary. I got to bring you back down to when you started in 1980. Do you honestly think that you would stay there longer than the hour it took for the package? <laughs> so you got to also think about it as for an artist, it's the same thing. Exactly. You're going to hit the road. I'm already calling a recruiter saying, you remember that job you, you sent me and you, you I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do what I got to do. Mm -hmm. But it's the same thing for an artist. Remember, they're paying their own taxes. They don't have Social Security unless they pay into it. They don't have insurance unless they purchase it themselves. They don't have anything to say, okay, I can collect unemployment. They don't get all of that. Wow. So the, okay. the increase that they ask to me is justified unless, like Dave said, you haven't had a hit in 15 years. Like, who knows you? <laughs> I can empathize with all of that. I, I, trust me. I'm yeah, fair. I can empathize with like a manager. I'm sorry. You sound like a manager, right? Sound like a manager, straight up, right? No but doubt. I'm also an artist, so I, I understand. Yeah. No, I, I get, I get that. Uh, and if you're not smart with your money, and mm -hmm. you know how to not only use it to take care of yourself instead of spending every dollar you get, that's the point. That part. That, and they haven't learned to do it, or they don't want to do it, or they don't have the proper management. Because the artists back in the day, I'm talking about back in the '60s. 70s, mm -hmm. a lot of them lost a lot of stuff and don't have anything today. There's special ones like Diana Ross, you know, Smokey Robinson, who used to write, uh, are still probably writing. You know, some of them still out there, but a lot of them, they can't stop working. They still have to. Can't stop. Have to the group, like the Temptations, there's only one Temptation left. Right. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing is that they can't stop working. No. You know, they cannot. Right. And, and so, and I'll tell you this, all the new artists that I decide to take on my roster, and I don't add a whole bunch of artists on, I'll take one or two a year. Um, and some of them cycle off because I'll tell them, if you think that you can find better out there, I wish you all the luck. Go ahead and do it. You know, and then I'll monitor how they're moving along because I do want them to be successful. But I also have that conversation about the what ifs. You could walk outside and lose your voice. You could walk outside and not be able to play that instrument. What are you doing to secure your future? Are you still going to be up there saying, you know, twerking at 70 years old, trying to do those songs? <laughs> no, that's not going to work. So what are you going to do to make sure you're not only investing in yourself now, but investing in yourself in the future? They're not taught that like they used to teach them in, in, with the record labels where they had A&R, if they decided to teach them. Many of them are groomed from the time they are kids to just perform. So a lot of them don't even handle their finances, even to this day, even with all the stories about, you know, the artists going bankrupt, you still have a series of, of artists coming through that don't handle their own money, who really should not be in the entertainment industry yet because they are too young and immature, but they use them and they groom them to be in this, this industry with nothing but performing. And it's a shame because it tears you up. And that's the nasty side of the business. No matter how exciting it is, this is what happens. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Let me just on this note, I understand that they need to make money and I get it. I understand that. But I also understand from my point of view is that the same way inflation touches them, it touches me as well. Mm -hmm. It touches the promoter as well. 
because like 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 we all know the venues want more money yeah <laughs> lodging they want more money transportation wants more money we have to bring in food that costs more money we have to do everything and the responsibility not just one or two things the whole responsibility lies on the promoter the artist wants to be paid the venue wants to be paid the musicians want to be paid ticket ticket master has to be paid or or, or the people that selling tickets for you they have to be paid you are responsible for everything yeah ham so, sandwich costs more than two dollars now yeah that's right that's right you better believe it you better believe it so to me we need to come together and i think a smart thing to do i was telling somebody this yesterday partner with become a partner with the promoter right become a partner with the promoter you're talking about ownership become a partner you have a name you have the songs and the hits i've got some money i've got a team we market promote let's let's come together they did it back then james brown promoted his own shows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oscar de la hoya promotes his own boxing man you have to become an owner Right. Or involved in a partnership with someone in order to make to make what you're talking about to take care of yourself. Now, because they wasn't taught that, you're not people are not stupid now. You're gonna get older. You're mm-hmm. not gonna be as cute as you used to be. You can't <laughs> drop it like you used to drop it. So yeah. you mean to tell me you think at 60, 70 years old that you're gonna be doing what us is doing? Mm-hmm. You're gonna be doing what an Chris Brown envision and not making any not plan for that. that. No. Man, listen. It sounds, we all was young. We all was young at one point. I in know. Time. It sounds cra- crazy, but I have had artists tell me, I'm going to do this thing until the wheels fall off. So that means you're just going to try to play until you're dead. So and you're going you're you're to pay your bills on the next gig. On the like next paycheck gig. to paycheck. paycheck and then somebody, paycheck. we can't. I can't feel sorry for you. you know. Put something in place. Those that are smart. But they don't envision, if that's the thing, Les, is that they don't envision the future. You know, for a lot of artists, they're right here stuck in the here and now. How am I going to get out there? How am I going to be seen? Remember, I told you the formula, over 100% artists, only 2% when you break it down, make it in the business where they're literally able to make a living off of the business. And they're able to provide for themselves. Let let me give you an example. Y'all are having this show on November 9th, right? Now, I know quite a few people on that list. And I can tell you the people on that list, there's a few of them that have what they call jobs. Yeah. It's called a job. It's yeah. called a job. Yeah, nine to five. Mm-hmm. Nine to fives. And they work those jobs mm-hmm. and they still do what they still do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. My older brother's a musician. Oh, I'm gonna be this, I'm gonna be that. He's playing drums, 16 years old, doing his thing. My mom was like, Yeah, okay, that's uh, you love it? Yeah, I love it. Uh, I'm gonna be, you know. And he went out there, he he got he played in sessions, he did this, he played in all kinds of festivals and what have you, right? Things got a little bleak. My mother said, you know what? Why don't you just do this? Why don't you just get a job as like just to have a job? Just to have a job, you know, just just get a job. You can still play your music. Still play your music. I don't want ever want you to stop that. Yeah. You said, you know what? That makes sense because his pockets were getting low. So he went and got a job. He went, he went to school, he learned computers, and he got a job. So she kind of tricked him to believing <laughs> that well, just get this to hold you down a little bit. You know, just, yeah. just to hold you down. You can you can always do your music. And then he ended up doing his music, but he ended up staying on a job 
for 30 mm-hmm. plus years, got a pension and the whole nine. Mm-hmm. Still doing his music. Yep. You have to do just like just like with me. I do multiple things. I don't just do one thing. I can't mm-hmm. just do one thing. In this world, you better have some some hustle going on. If you don't have uh the greatest job in the world, right? Why are you back in school? You're in there for, for a reason. You, you're doing it for a reason. So we have to we have to be smarter than that. We can't just rely on on one thing. And that's our people, number one. And I can get into a whole nother thing. We can't just rely on one thing. I have a CDL. And I can tell you, I'm late tonight because what I was doing, I was driving a bus because I needed to do something else. Right. Mm. There's no shame in that. Because my brother told, my people told, a check from here and a check from there, they all add up at the end of the day. That's That's why we were talking. My mother said, you're not sitting around this house. It's not gonna happen. You go to I'm Caribbean anyway. Work. We, we, you already we, know. Yeah, I'm Caribbean. So my mom, she had drilled into us. Yeah, you could be a performer, you could be a singer, you could be a musician, but who's gonna pay your bills? Mm-hmm. And so you get an education. And my whole goal is when I'm 90 years old and I don't want to be a manager anymore, and I don't want to be out there in the clubs with artists. Said 90. 90, exactly. Well. I'll be teaching. That's why I'm getting a PhD. You know, so there's always what's going to come next. What is going to come next? I always tell, and Tattletail can tell you, it didn't matter if I was singing on stage. Monday, I was at my job making money. I was at school during the week at nights. And Tattletail will tell you that when he'll say, Dahlia, I need to book you on this night. Uh uh-uh, uh, I got class. Um, I get up school. And that was my discussion. So he knew on these certain days, each semester, I was in school. Don't book me for a gig as Best much as I love it. See if they're gonna move it. Mm. And um, you have to do what you have to do. I I don't I don't understand people who don't have that formula. I don't subscribe mm-hmm. to the, I don't subscribe to the you, you gotta have an A. Don't have a B because that's your fallback. It's not you're not gonna make it, you're not gonna concentrate. No, you have an A, you have a B, and you put everything in the right situations and knowing what you're gonna be facing. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. That's right. It is. Debbie B, I want to ask you a question. Your radio career. Have you ever thought about are you involved? I mean, because I don't know. Radio. Are you coming in? You're coming out? You're in? What do you want to do? What is, you need to be on the radio. You need to be on the radio. Actually, for the last few years, I've been thinking about doing something uh, online mm-hmm. uh, called Intimate Sessions. Wow. So okay. It would be... Um, more like a quiet storm format. Female quiet storm. Ah, that's nice. With <laughs> sexual innuendo. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. You got my man, you you got my man the, the voice over there with like you. <laughs> that's true. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but you really think about doing well. that. You know? yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm closer. Each day I get closer. And now I'm even thinking about it a lot more. You know, it's, okay. I have I have more time so that I can do it. So right. yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be great because number one, you have the experience, you you know people, and the way things are done now, you do it from home, like you said. You can hello. All you need is a the platform and your microphone and and I have you know, all of that. Make, and you have that. Make it happen. Why not? You do know? you know how many years she was on the radio last? No, how many? Thirty. Thirty. I'm oh. just about to say that. In my head. Yeah. I remember listening to you. I remember listening to you. Believe me. Yeah. 
and you're, you're, you, you know, you have the voice and the experience and, you know, not only that teaching, teaching, you mm-hmm. know, people like you, we had, we had, uh, we had, um, Bugsy on the other day and I'm the type of guy I'm learning. Mm-hmm. All the I time. learned from y'all. I remember what you sound like. I remember what you did. I remember Frankie Crock. I remember him him coining the phrase "urban AC." He he coined that phrase. He started that, and That's I remember right. all of that. You know, and people tell me, "Oh, Les, you should be on the radio." And I know Dave. They tell you that all the time. Yo, you you got that voice. You need to be. Other guys be laughing and joking, but cool DMS steady taking care of it. Tall dog, young and fly. If you want me, baby, I'm your guy. <laughs> all right. Well, say less. There it is. There it is, man. Wow. That's <laughs> Y'all need to go ahead and do that because that's that that would work. That would work. I encourage you to do that. Dave, um, you got another event coming up. Let's talk about your little brother real quick. Let's talk about your brother. The week before. Oh, the week before. Okay. Tell us about that. uh, It's the uh, North Bronx Basketball Hall of Fame uh, created by um, a brother by the name of Derek Dudley. And he um, decided to honor uh, people from the Bronx who were, who have been very instrumental in playing ball at that other level, uh, even if they didn't make the NBA or they went overseas or they had a name for themselves in the street. Uh, my brother, I believe, is the only one who has a gold medal from the Bronx. Really? Played, yeah. I don't think there's anybody else. We're almost sure there's nobody else that has a gold medal. And if they did, he's the first. Okay. And it also brought about Edenwall Day. That's right. Back in 1976, we had Edenwall Day in the big park and Edenwall Day thereafter. And to this point where you guys, you and your brother and a few others took over. Right. And uh, we still have Edenwall Day the second Saturday of every uh, August. That's right. And uh, so we're celebrating him and, uh, and quite a few other brothers. I have the lineup, but I can't remember everybody's name. When I think about my brother, that just sticks in my head more than anything else. <laughs> I don't know yes. who <laughs> He's my uh, younger brother, but now he's the big brother, too. Yeah. He's, he's a lot bigger than me. Big guy. But yeah. uh, that's uh, November 2nd on a Thursday. Tickets are, are still selling well. Okay. Uh, table's still available. They can hit me up. At 914 That's 914-258-6476. That's a, that's a shameless plug, but I don't care. Hey, that's what, that's what we're here for, man. That's what we're here for. Your brother deserves that. Your brother your brother brought a lot of... Um, that'll tell, that'll tell. <laughs> his brother brought a lot of recognition to our neighborhood. You know, he, um, the Olympics. And I mean, from, from Clinton High School. From from the big park, just from Eden Wall in general, his brothers, you know, he's 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 a legend. He's a basketball legend up there, man. And uh, you know, he really he really made Eden Wall stand out. Him and amongst others, but um, he went on to to take it to another level. And yeah. and we always will acknowledge that and appreciate that. But your brother's a funny guy, man. He's a funny dude, you know, <laughs> nice guy, man. And um, he deserves it. You know, you got to give people flowers while they're here. Yeah, any accolades is important. While they're here, that's right. Yeah. Any accolades is important. 
You know, he 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 had a, a bunch of young guys that looked at him and said, I can too, no matter what level they went to. So that's important. You know, that's very important, man. I remember so, yeah. I used to run you guys around when you yeah. played football back in the day. When yeah. yeah, I was decent. In, in, I was decent. In, in, <laughs> back in the 70s. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right, man. So our neighborhood is legendary. We got other stories, but we won't, we won't oh, talk about yeah, those stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about those stories, man. Oh, yeah. You know? <clears throat> but um, I don't know, man. You know, um. I'm just I'm just super grateful for the people that I've met along the way. You know, this journey is is for real. And, you know, we leave here each and every day. But you want to leave a legacy. I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave something that means something. I got a son. I want him to know that his dad is taking care of business. I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. I want her to know that, you know, you know, it's not what people say it is. I'm, I'm going to share something with you. I was today, this is this was strange, and this kind of clues into what I'm talking about, how people think about us as people, right? I pull my bus up, and a lady squeezes into a spot. I got a long bus, squeezes right in front of me, this, this, this older white lady. She squeezes in front of me, but she can barely get in. She's running to the soccer game. She comes to my bus and says, uh, 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 can I park here? I said, first of all, I said, uh, can you get out? Now, you know I can't get out because you're right on top of me. <laughs> then she goes into this thing. She goes into this thing and says, oh, 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 I got to go. Let me go. Well, well, hold it. Let you ask me a question and you're telling me to let you go. Oh, I'm so nervous. I'm scared. And I'm trying to figure, what is this woman? What is she? She going carrying on me? She's what is going carrying. on here? <laughs> she lost her mind on me while I'm sitting in this bus. Dave, she lost her mind. And if you, and my brother's on the phone listening, and she, if you heard what she was saying, you would think that I was grabbing her mm-hmm. and accosting this woman. Mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm up in Syosset in Long Island, and it, I, I might be me and 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 Johnny might be the only ones up there, and the rest of them is there, right? Now I'm thinking <laughs> in my mind, if this was 50 years ago, right? Yeah. You would have been late. years ago. You that could have been, been a thing. Yeah, and here I'm minding my business. I gotta go. Let me go. I'm nervous. I'm scared. Wow, are you scared? Scared of what? But the point that I'm trying to make, the point that I'm trying to make, (laughs) is those. I don't even want to go too far into it. But the point that I'm trying to make, the perception that people have is not the perception that I know. If you follow what I'm saying, I know Mm -hmm. some good people, man. I know, and I've met some good people along the way. And, of course, you've met some jerks along the way. But the overall perception is totally screwed, totally miscued from what we truly are. And everywhere I go, not that I'm trying to prove anything, I represent myself to the best that I can be at each and every time because they, they, need to, they need to be taught who we really are. That's where I'm coming from. And I don't do that just for them, but I do that because that's where I was taught. Always hold my head up high. Always mm-hmm. walk with some dignity. And I don't have to talk foul out my mouth. I was talking to a lady. She was saying, oh, you know, we had a meeting up in the Bronx, and they brought a guy that was playing basketball, and he's running a camp up there, and he was around the assembly people, and was a bunch of bunch of them there, and, he, and they brought him up to get some money, and he started cursing. She said, we all shrunk in our seats. You know, you got to represent, man. You got to represent yourself. And we as older men, 
and women, if we don't represent ourselves properly, how can we talk about these kids? You can't right. talk about them if you're not giving them something to look at. That's where I feel about it. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole nother a whole nother show, but I just had to go there. That's a whole nother show. Passionate about that. It's your show, brother. Exactly. Oh, wait a minute. I got a show. I got a radio show. Yes, you do. There you go. But that's important. That's when you're important. right, you're right. Nobody says anything. So you're yeah. right. Yeah. That basketball is important. That's a way to teach people. That's what sports is like military. That's what it's about, is to teach you discipline. Team sports, team play, how to deal with socially deal with other people. These kids today don't know how to deal with each other because they don't talk to each other. Right. We had no choice. We couldn't, I couldn't, we had no beepers and all that. I called you at your house, so I met you outside. Sorry, you telephone, your mother's number. You, I'm quite sure you know your number from back in the day. I know my mother's number from yep. way back in the day. So do I. That's the only way we communicate. Or I see you in school. I was with you until you said we didn't have no beepers. We <laughs> <laughs> didn't have no beepers tonight. That we had no beepers. Beepers came along later. In high school, for me, sorry. <laughs> oh, we, had, we, had a, we had a quarter. You lost me with that one. <laughs> 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 oh, excuse me. Gen X baby boober. We you heard that thing drop a dime on somebody. Right. Yeah, remember? Yeah, Absolutely, absolutely, man. Times have changed, but it's good. It's good. You know, I'm into technology. I'm into this. I'm in all that technology. Dime. You got. It. Uh, <laughs> you about the dime, man. Oh no! I was trying to tell you I wasn't around for the dime. Remember that dime? I was around for dimes. I was around for quarters. I was around for dimes and nickels and all that. Man, for real. <laughs> yeah. I remember when wheels were square. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with you, man? What's happening? You've been we already know Tattletail was walking around with the fish in his, in his platform. You know, yeah, yeah. We, platform. Yeah. I, had, I, I had sandals. And I, I told this guy, man, he's always messing with the Romans. I said, man, you better leave the white folks alone. They will put you up on that stake. <laughs> That's crazy. You at the comedy club? You been out there? Yeah, Monday? yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 uh, I didn't go. I didn't go this Monday because I, you know, had these uh, medical appointments. But uh, I'll be back at uh, Laugh Out Loud probably uh, about the first of November. Um, I got to do some work on these knees. You know, my my left knee is Fran Talkington, and my right knee is Joe Namath, and they're oh, shot. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they're wow. shot. Yep, they are <laughs> shot. Yeah. Keep us performing so we can let people know that you're going to oh, be Oh, yeah, there. no doubt. I got no doubt. There. I got a couple. Yeah, you got Anything to. else yeah, well, going on with anybody? Anything else you want to talk about, Dalio? Well, what? what? <laughs> you really want to know. So, um, <laughs> Najee will be at Blues Alley um, that same weekend, the second through the fifth, I think it is. Um, I'll also be in D.C. I'll be at Bus Boys and Poets. I'm hosting um, a show there with reggae artists. Um, Allison, oh, I'm sorry, jumping back. Allison will be in San Francisco for San Francisco Music Festival. Najee will be in San Francisco. Um, Then everybody's going to the Arizona Jazz Festival, which is October 21st. Um, San Francisco is October 14th. Um, Nathan 
and Najee, and I believe Allison will be in Arizona at the jazz festivals. There, you see, we group them together and move them. We're, we're, which, we're in Arizona, Phoenix, the Phoenix Jazz Festival. Yeah, oh, okay, mm -hmm. yes, so they are rocking and rolling. Okay, now next year, on. they've already got their on. calendars filling up. Yeah, mm. I'm excited. That's, That's great. good. That's good. Yeah. I see. You're doing your manager thing. You got it going. Huh? Listen, I got calls about when you're going to get back in the studio and start recording. I'm like, hmm, that costs money. I want to get money. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know I got paper like that. Come on now. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Hey, let me fill you all in on a couple of things that I'm doing, too. On, um, on October 7th, this Saturday, at the Black Spectrum Theater, we're doing the Mandela play. The Mandela play or this Black Spectrum Theater in Queens. That's this Saturday. Uh, it's the Mandela play. It's by John Ruiz. And we put that together and that's going down. Then we're doing on April 9th, April 9th, Orange Juice Jones. There's a play uh, called Walking in the Rain. We'll be doing that as mm. well at the Black Spectrum Theater. So I'll fill you more about that. You'll see it on my page. We want people to come out. The Mandela play is powerful. Uh, we just did um, the Walking in the Rain play Sunday in Philly. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Took the song and made a play out of it. Wow. Playwright yeah. friend of mine named Rick Watson. So we hey, hey, him on this. And, uh, huh? You know I've been acting for over 20 years, man. Oh, I yeah, yeah. What did you, you know I came to your play, man? Yeah, you know yeah I came to your play. Man, what's up with that, brother? Black Collective? <laughs> we need, you know what, Dave? We need to form our own collective. That's what we need to do. Real talk. Real talk. That's what we need to do. For real. But I'm trying to get into a couple of different things. You know, I, I like acting, and I think that plays are, are, are magnificent. And this was a way for me to get in, way for Fresh Entertainment to get in. Um, I also have a friend out of uh, Florida. His name is um, Rashad. He writes television scripts and movies and he wrote a great great biopic on uh ike turner he sat with mm. ike for over a year mm -hmm. right before ike passed and i gave him his story mm -hmm. so the the script is already done and we're trying to now get it funded we're trying to get it funded and leon has uh, signed a letter of intent to play Ike Turner for for the movie, so we're trying to make that happen. He, he's a good choice. Yeah, he's a good choice. Excellent. That, that's a good choice, right? Yeah. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to get the funding, but we're trying. You know, we we're, we're, we're going at it. You know, we're going at it. He's a little and, tall for the part, but that's okay. People won't know. Yeah, yeah, but he <laughs> he plays them parts now. Ain't nobody yeah. come to see you, Otis. Ain't nobody come to see you. You can't work it like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, was about uh, I think my had some little height on him. Nah, yeah, he wasn't I wasn't a little guy. Nah, he was not. He was short like that. Yeah, because Tina's five seven. Ike was about six feet. Yeah, yeah, about six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leon's a good choice, man. Good choice. Yeah, yeah. Ike wasn't no fidget. Yeah. So we got those things going on, and um. So about some of the surprises coming up. So, you know, one day at a time and slowly, but we got to do it right. We got to be careful. So, Les, careful. can I ask you a question? Sure. What part do you have in that Ike Turner show? Oh, um, I'm in the background. I'm pushing buttons. I'm like the I'm like the wizard. I'm behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
interested minds and people want to know. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. and Damon's like here saying, What about me? Like, you know. Yeah, I've seen David in a play. He no, just a play that I can't. Play. <laughs> <laughs> and don't don't forget, there are two movies out there that are still playing that I'm in. Which okay. is which are Malcolm X and Be Kind Rewind with Danny Glover, Mia Farrow, Jack Black, most see that. And I'll the other one is out. Malcolm X. I'm one of the bodyguards. In that. <laughs> I'll have, have to go look at that. I'll have to go look back and look at that. Yeah, I played yeah. that the other day when we had you on the show the last time I played. A I'm not as yeah. great, so don't look for the great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and just for the record, I'm a trained Shakespearean actor. So if anyone needs someone with an English accent, it won't be me. <laughs> wow. I thank you so much. <laughs> that's good. Well, that's good, man. Yeah, All right, yeah, yeah. I can do like so much. <laughs> very good, brother. Very good. So listen, we're gonna wrap this up. I do anything. I do anything. Tattletale. Tattletale, <laughs> yes, um, can you take us out, brother? We're gonna wrap this up, man. And um, I want to thank our guests for coming on. Debbie, can you just give us that information one more time for November 9th? Give it to us again and where they can get tickets, please. Sure. It's uh, November 9th at Bergen Pack in Englewood, New Jersey, which is just 10 minutes from the bridge. Uh, it's uh, Howard Hewitt, the Ladies of Sky, uh, Jeff Red, Melissa Morgan, and uh, the Bells 2.0. Uh, and it's a fundraiser for the Youth Development Foundation. And the tickets are $45 up to $85. And they can be obtained through Bergen Pack. It's B-E-R-G-E-N-P-A-C dot org. Beautiful. And this is on a Thursday night, ladies and gentlemen. No excuses. Eight o'clock, you can go to work, you can go home, get dressed, and you can make it over there. No excuses. Thursday night, this is for a good cause. It's for our youth, and we have to support our youth. We have to support our youth. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we are done. I appreciate you coming on, and you know. Thank you for having us, brother. Thank absolutely. you absolutely. And we're going to post this immediately. And I want to thank my co-host, Mr. Daniel Manette, and comedian Tattletale. It's been a pleasure, y'all. Let's do one on one show. We'll see you at the next one. Oh, you know what? Before we go, I did want to mention this. Howard Hewitt had a birthday uh, yeah, yeah. on October first, right? Right. Uh, happy birthday to Howard Hewitt. And Talib Kweli has a birthday today. India Ari has a birthday today. Reverend Ooh. Al Sharpton has a birthday today. Oh. Uh, the actress uh, Tessa Thompson has a birthday today. And guess who else? Oh. Chubby Checker turns 82 today. Wow. wow. That's right. Wow. Just Chubby wow. Checker turns 82, man. Isn't that wow. I thought he was. I, I didn't know Chubby was still here. Yeah, right. Wow, for real. Chubby, Chubby's doing his thing. Yeah, man. He ain't Chubby anymore. I remember the history behind his name. What's they the needed history? somebody. They needed somebody to compete against Fats Domino, so the studios came up with Chubby Checker for him. Wow. Really? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Let's twist again, like we did last summer. <laughs> uh, any shout outs to anybody that you want to shout out to? Anybody? Anybody? Shout out to Nathan Mitchell. It's his birthday yesterday. I know that. Oh, one. okay. I did yeah, see that. I yes, sparkly shoes for just just to celebrate his birthday. I bought me some shoes. Yeah, to bought you some shoes to celebrate his birthday. <laughs> I, like I like that. that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay, friends and family, we're gonna see y'all on the next one. Thanks for coming out. 
and we had a great time. We're going to go out on this note. Now, listen to the sound of the voice of all cities. Will Tracks. Shout out to all the birthdays all around New York, the state area, and beyond. Happy birthday to those who are celebrating today, those who celebrated the month of September, and those coming up. I'm a Scorpio. Mine's coming up in two Turn weeks. Turn your lights y'all. on. Right. Turn your lights on. Turn your lights on. Turn your lights on. Turn your lights on. He said he had a, a, a toothache, but he's moving over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> As Will Tracks, y'all, turn your lights on. Happy birthday, y'all. Good night. Everybody turn your lights on. Turn your lights on. <laughs>